everyone and welcome back to another episode of Deets with Dita. I'm your host Nandita and today we are wrapping up the MCU. Finally. Um, if you guys follow me on Letterboxd you can kind of see um, when I've been watching them and how frequently and you know over the span of how long I've been watching them. And it's been a while. I think it's been like over a month of me watching the Marvel films, but I finally finished. As of today, I have finished re-watching them and I finished Far From Home today. So, today it's gonna be phase three, part two, which is the final part. This is only a two-parter of phase three. Um, and that includes Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, and Spider-Man Far From Home. So we've got some big films in this list, uh, which I'm super stoked about talking about. Um, and essentially if you don't know how these episodes work I'm basically going to be sharing my thoughts not so much a review but more of my thoughts of each film interesting facts maybe if I found some um, and my overall just general vibe of what I thought of the film um, I'll do this for each of the films that I mentioned and then afterwards I will do a ranking of the films in this phase before we start uh, the episode, I do have to say that there will be spoilers for basically all of the MCU by now because if you've gotten this far, you've basically seen all the films, I'm gonna assume. But if you don't mind spoilers, you can also listen to this episode too, maybe get a gist or a vibe for maybe which MCU films you wanna watch, so that'd be cool. Um, and also, um, if you haven't, like, had a look at some of the previous MCU episodes on the other phases definitely go check them out um they're, pr they're pretty fun I do talk about some bizarre random things but what's new that's my vibe um so without further ado let's crack on with the episode first up is a big one <laughs> uh so the first one that we're going to be talking about is Avengers Infinity War uh probably a massive film when it first came out yeah it was pretty big I remember exactly where I was when the first trailer came out for this and I was a mess quite literally um, so the first 10 minutes of this film I feel like really sets the tone for the entire film because like you've got Thor you've got Heimdall you've got um, Loki, you've got Thanos and his little minions, um, and you've got, I don't know whether I said the Hulk yet, but I'm gonna say it again, the Hulk, um, and yeah, they, basically Hulk gets beaten up badly, Heimdall dies, Loki also dies, I mean, it's just a lot, uh, and like half of Asgard gets wiped out so you can already tell that this film is already going to be powerful and impactful so I guess some things that I wanted to point out uh, was Doctor Strange and Tony have a really good chemistry um, within this film I think they have one of the best bits of chemistry and they've only been on screen with each other in this film which is insane um but I really liked their dynamic I like their like snarky remarks at each other goatee gang you know um one thinking that they are powerful than the other and the other th thinking the exact same thing 
um, you know, because it's, it's kind of interesting because Tony is still kind of full of, full of himself, right? That's just his personality. But Doctor Strange had to go through this whole thing where he had to, like, kind of step back from all his, like, ego and stuff. And then you've got Tony who's, like, egocentric. And, like, the dynamic between those two is, like, that Doctor Strange is, like, yeah, I know. I know. I know this vibe. I was this vibe once. And trying to be, like, yeah, calm your ego down. You don't just sit down and then Tony's like excuse me I don't have to sit down I'm amazing I'm the best of the best and it's quite it's just quite funny um I get all that from the small bit of interaction that they had but you know what we're gonna go with it we really are um so a few other things that I wanted to talk about there is a lot of plot in this film like the amount of plot lines that are going on because you've got um you've got the original Thor being in space with like Loki and Hulk and stuff then Hulk gets beamed to Doctor Strange then Doctor Strange talks to Iron Man and Iron Man is with Spider-Man and then like you know Ebony Moore comes and attacks Earth in his donut um and then you've got like um okay let's think think this through then Thor is just like floating in space and then the Guardians like windshield wiper him uh then Thor goes off with Groot and rocket to uh never delay um to make his um weapon stormbreaker then you've got the uh, the rest of the guardians going to nowhere to fight thanos and then you've got um you've got nebula who's being tortured by thanos which is sad then then you've got um oh my god i'm trying to remember all the plots then you've got tony who's now in space with Peter and the wizard, uh, Doctor Strange, and they are all now on Titan. Um, and then the Guardians meet uh, Thingy, them on Titan. And then you've got, <laughs> I'm just trying to explain the plot now of, um, of Infinity War, if you couldn't tell. Uh, I will continue now. <laughs> but then you've got like um, Hulk staying with Wong on Earth. And then Wong, I don't know what he's doing. He's just, like, out there trying to guard the sanctum. And then, like, uh, you know, Bruce is like, oh, I need to make a phone call. And then he calls Cap, who has Wanda and um, Vision, who are in Scotland. And then they go get them from Scotland um, while they're being attacked by some of Thanos' minions. And then they come back and they go to headquarters with Rhodey. And he's there. And then also Bruce Banner's there as well. Um, and then... Then, then they all go to Wakanda and they meet Black Panther and they meet um, the Winter Soldier and, you know, everyone just all comes. Then Thor comes back from Nevedalir to the Wakandan battle and then there's just two big groups fighting. That's the plot of Infinity War. Um, I don't know whether I explained that right, but you know what? We're going to go with it. I think that was all the plot lines. Uh, also, Thor's um, entrance on Wakanda will never be able to be topped. I still think, to this day, that that is one of the best entrances in the entire MCU. And um, I will go on the record and say that because, oh my god, it was incredible. Um, then, I think, I just had a lot of, um, I just had a lot of thoughts about, um, you know, watching this film for the first time and then watching it, like, like rewatchability, right? So the first watch, the half, like, the 
whole like snap of like the half population genocide thing kind of goes over your head when you're watching the film because they do mention a lot about the half population thing um within the narrative of the film before the snap happens uh but i think because there was so much going on you kind of forget that that's like the thing that was gonna happen at the end and you don't think it's gonna happen and then suddenly because thanos actually ultimately wins it does happen and you're like oh my god wait what (laughs) wait and then you watch it for a second time and you're like oh my god there's so many like references of them saying oh yeah like half population stuff like that and like he's wiped out half of like asgard and stuff like that and it's just like hmm that's pretty interesting it's like a good thing to like note when you rewatch it so i thought that was pretty cool um i think in terms of the plot how i said that there was a lot and it was managed well i think one thing that helped it being managed very well is that the 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 cuts between the different plots and the different people within different stages of time were seamless they felt so flawless that you didn't even feel like you were moving or you weren't even bored of the you weren't bored yet of the scene that you were seeing and then suddenly it cuts the other one so it it keeps the film quite interesting which i thought was amazing um then you've got i think there were just a couple of interesting questions that i had uh, i think there's just one one was is group worthy because we all know the nevertheless scene when um thor is making stormbreaker and like he's like just felt the full force of a star um and then like he needs the the handle to make stormbreaker and then suddenly groot's like this is my time to shine and he like makes the the handle with his like actual hand i mean arm and he just cuts it off because obviously it can grow back it's chill um but because he held the stormbreaker's like axe parts did does it mean that groot is worthy i mean i'd love to think Groot is worthy because you know what he's just a pure sweet innocent soul uh, and i would love him to be worthy but i don't know i mean i think i don't know from what i understand this is this may be like cause controversy but mjolnir is the one that has the thing that odin said about um who whosoever worthy can wield the strength of four and whatever um for mjolnir does that apply to stormbreaker too who knows if it does then definitely Groot is worthy if it doesn't then i'm not sure we'll see maybe who knows it might be addressed it might not be i don't think they will address it though because it just felt like such a small thing um but yeah final two things i wanted to say thanos is a compelling villain and i will go on the record to saying that you understand his motives you understand why he why he wants to do the thing that he does and he actually ultimately does it which is insane um and i think another thing that i really loved and this is the final thing that i'm going to say about this film is all the infinity stones really had their moments to shine with thanos using it to his advantage like using the power and space stone right at the beginning um and then you know when he had the time stone he was at reverse time to get the uh, mind stone from vision and then like um reality stone he tricked the guardians um i'm missing the soul stone you know for gamora r.i.p gamora um and 
yeah i think i think that's all of them i must have forgotten one somewhere but you know what it's it's all good um and i think yeah it's pretty good and i i think the one more thing i said i already i said i was gonna do one more thing but i think the ending of infinity war was really good in the sense that like they lost what the hell are they gonna do now you know half the population has been wiped out some of our favorite um our favorite mcu characters are like dusted and um the last thing that captain america says in this film is oh god and like that just oh my god chills literal chills um if i want to quote some brooklyn that night there and yeah i think it's just an exceptionally well-written film and i think goes up there of one of my favorite mcu films of all time so straight after Infinity War comes Ant-Man and the Wasp. And this is kind of an interesting f- film to follow Infinity War because you've got this like big, high stakes, depressing film that just came out. And then you've got Ant-Man and the Wasp and it's like, hello world, there's a song that we're singing. Come on, be happy. And it's just like, oh my God, this is such different vibes, like such wholesome vibes that Paul Rudd emits just genuinely and it's actually quite amazing like Paul Rudd in this film was incredible he is an unproblematic human being and I just think it shows in this house in the house arrest montage where he's like playing the drums he's learning close-up magic he's like you know just living living life to the fullest you know um and then like and then you have like if you're looking at this film as a whole then you start to think hmm <laughs> and this is where my unpopular opinions may come in because i think for phase three part two i have pretty pretty unpopular opinions about like majority of the films <laughs> in this phase so i think the plot was very generic of this film although i love paul rudd and i love the characters of this film i just think it was a very generic like plot it felt very heisty again like the first ant-man film um you know the villain was very generic but the thing is like when you watch this film you're like who is actually the villain because you've got like 10 different people all at once because you've got the fbi or like ca i'm not which i'm not sure which one agent who is helping with the house arrest for he's not really a villain but he's like an antagonist right because he's like trying to keep Ant-Man like in um, in under house arrest when like there is a you know a big threat going on and then well it's not even actually a big threat it's just trying to get Michelle Pfeiffer back but you know um but he, he kind of owes it to them whatevs he owes it to like Hank and Hope to do that um and then you've got actual the actual villain Ghost who doesn't even turn out to be a villain at the end it's just a misunderstood uh, person then you've got um the person who's helping ghost i can't remember his name um and then you've got the other dude the seller the guy who was selling um the black market items to make the quantum um stuff him he was also a villain and it's just like you know there's just too many villains going on for this film for it to be such a low stakes film um especially because it was like 
getting hope back from uh not hope sorry um janet that's her name i was gonna say michelle pfeiffer again but i was like i need to remember the name but janet trying to get her back from the quantum realm um through like this space thing and it's just like i don't know it just felt very generic very generic villains very generic plot you know it's just i don't know i think i expected more from this film like i really wanted something interesting from ant-man and it's difficult because what can you do that's interesting with ant-man right but i don't know you have so much like comic book source material to go off of um and you know you could try and like dig deep to try and figure out you know where what can we what can we do for for ant-man and the wasp as well because this film is called ant-man the wasp and the wasp does some amazing fight scenes i have to admit evangeline lily you are coming in and you are serving some epic fight scenes and her hair was absolutely stunning no more of the wig um and like her hair was like absolutely stunning in this film I'm just like yes you are serving looks and also kicks <laughs> so finally i think the last thing i want to say about this film is louise and like his little crew with like the ex-con um business were absolutely amazing like the truth serum thing oh you know he is one of the most iconic mcu characters like you know the side characters google got like korg you've got louise you know i put them on par with each other um i don't know about other side people like but those two you know high quality we love um overall i'm on the wasp it was enjoyable as a film but after this i don't think i could sit and rewatch it again because i just think it's it loses likability and enjoyment the more you watch it because the more you watch it obviously you're aware of the plot of the film meaning that because it's not a very interesting like not interesting but not a very like in-depth detailed like intricate plot it's more um just like blanket and like the action and like the small ant-man and then the big ant-man like giant man like are is the appeal of this film and then also the wasp being introduced in this film is the appeal um so overall it's a good film but not one of my favorites speaking of controversial opinions um as i mentioned in the previous section this is like phase three is kind of and especially the back end of it is like very i have very controversial opinions and this is where we talk about captain marvel so uh for those of you who don't know me very well um hello this is where you understand that i am probably the biggest captain marvel fan like insanely big fan of like her like carol danvers absolutely love her like i love her in the comics when it was first announced that captain marvel was going to be um you know in the mcu and like as the first female superhero film firstly my little my little fangirl heart like kind of exploded and um i was like younger than 13 at the time when this was like announced and guess what i did for my 13th birthday i made everyone dress up as marvel characters um and i dressed up as captain marvel of course and oh my god it was actually like the best um yeah my mom even made the costume because like 
at that time, like in whenever, whatever year I was 13, um, no one really knew about Captain Marvel, therefore you couldn't buy costumes of Captain Marvel back then. So I was out there like with my mom who like properly looked at the details of the Captain Marvel costume and like made it for me. And I was so grateful and it was like the best thing ever. Doesn't fit me anymore, which is sad, but it kind of makes sense. Um, and yeah, like that's how much I love Captain Marvel. When the film came out, I did a whole Instagram post dedicated to Captain Marvel. Now, when I describe the film, um, I have to say, when I first watched this film, because of hype and because of anticipation of like wanting to watch Captain Marvel, I was like in awe of this film. I was like, oh my god, it's amazing. But like, that was me being blindsided about the fact that I'm kind of biased towards this character. Then I rewatched the film. I rewatch it some more. I rewatch it some more, more because this is Captain Marvel we're talking about, and I slowly start to see some of the flaws that people have been mentioning that they thought um, the film had. People, what people say is that Brie Larson was not a good Captain Marvel. She was. She didn't act it well. She was too like. Um, I don't know, what's the word? She was too cocky, she was too like, um, I don't know, sarcastic, and they didn't really like her attitude. Now, this is where I get angry a little bit, because I think you're blaming the wrong person, right? So all these people who are hating on Captain Marvel, they, I'm assuming, they have not seen Brie Larson in anything but Captain Marvel. Um, specifically one film, I'm gonna say. If you have not seen Brie Larson in Room, then I don't think you get an opinion about saying that her acting is not good. Brie Larson can act. She won an Oscar for Room, so... I don't think the issue was the way that Captain Marvel was acted. I think the issue is the way that Captain Marvel was written. And I feel very strongly about this because me reading the comics, reading Captain Marvel, um, assessing her vibes and stuff, she is snarky a little bit and she is like, she does have that vibe around her. but. It was not written in a way that made her very likable, right? And someone mentioned this to me, but they tried to make her like the woman of all. So like trying to make her relatable, but to all females. And I think that's where the writing kind of fails because you can't, each female's experience is different. So you can't make her relatable to every single female when we're all quite different and this just goes for people in general we're all quite different so you should just pick specific character points that you want to develop of carol instead of making it like a blanket kind of lackluster of personality type character which is what i feel the end outcome like achieved with her and I don't think it has anything to do with Brie Larson's acting. I think her acting was pretty good. I just think the way that she's been written at the moment, um, 
in terms of not just in this film also in endgame as well but even then we didn't really have much um carol in endgame as much as like you know other other avengers but um yeah that's my biggest thing with captain marvel um overall i think this film was pretty good it had a lot of potential i think being the first female superhero film that marvel is pushing forward like the mcu marvel studios is a big big thing i just think they could have done it a lot better um and that's not to say that this isn't a bad film like i still think it's enjoyable the scrolls were brilliant in this film i loved the introduction of the scrolls samuel jackson was epic in this film you know seeing a bit of his backstory and past and phil colson returning oh my god loved it um maria and monica rambo insane incredible goose the flurkin oh my god i i fell in love with that cat (laughs) so hard when i watched that film oh my god so adorable uh and scary (laughs) and yeah i think i think it was it it had a lot going for it but you know at the end of the day if you can't get behind the main character it's kind of a bit of an issue don't you think um i think another thing that kind of the fact that captain marvel wasn't a strongly written character meant that other good elements of the film that could have shone with the good character like plot written thing um would have been elevated as well like as i said with the scrolls and like the characters of the maria and monica rambo and goose the soundtrack also is pretty good of this film like i really enjoyed the soundtrack i would listen to the soundtrack of this film outside of this film um but i think it would have been elevated and more people would talk about it if captain marvel was written properly i think that's just the overall thing i have to say um i love captain marvel i will never diss captain marvel um i just think and i won't diss brie larson for acting as brie um as Brie Larson acting as Brie Larson no Brie Larson acting as Captain Marvel because she she worked with what she got you know at the end of the day she only has so much creative freedom as a uh, actor and you have to follow a script so you know um I do applaud her for what she how she performed but I don't think it's the version of Captain Marvel that I would have wanted and I think a lot of people could agree with that my biggest message for you guys to take away from this is do not diss Brie Larson because I don't think it's her fault. <laughs> Controversial opinions continued with Avengers Endgame. So I don't know how this is going to be received because I have some pretty strong opinions about Endgame that may be taken the wrong way for super super nerdy marvel fans but i consider myself a super nerdy marvel fan but here here goes here 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 it goes i'm very scared um avengers endgame was a cinematic experience filled to the brim with fan service it's amazing to watch the first time and even multiple times at the cinema you rewatch it in your home and you actually maybe start thinking about the plot the plot gets messy and then you start to think 
is this film actually delivering any meaningful plot and like carrying the MCU forward in a way that doesn't leave many plot holes? And that's where this film falls short for me because Endgame did not deliver good plot, did not deliver um, closing of plot holes. If anything, it opened more plot holes and did not deal with time travel very well and confused the heck out of the audience. I think any film that tackles time travel, I applaud you, but at the same time, it gets messy. You need to establish your rules properly and when you establish those rules do not break them please because it is irritating when you do you set up a whole film talking about this and then you it's just it doesn't it doesn't follow through and you're just like what wait why why is this ah um so that's how i feel i think infinity war is a far better written film but obviously the hype of endgame you know the anticipation because of the um because of the you know ending of infinity war like it was pretty it was pretty insane like i remember you know the number of times that i went to, an unhealthy number of times that i went to go see endgame in cinema because it was just such a brilliant cinematic experience going with people who had never even seen the like film before and then seeing their reaction getting hyped and excited you know it was incredible and like i will never forget that but i think it loses its excitement after the first watch it loses that like oh my god cap is holding like mjolnir oh my god the portal scene oh my god like it's just it was very fan service and like i think the film acknowledges that because it, it darn well is fan service for all those people who have been watching for years and years I'm raising my hand right now because that's me and probably one of you guys as well and um i just think i don't know it's it's a good film but you know in terms of like where it fits in the mcu as a good closing chapter it does it falls short plot wise and i hate to say it but it does and before you know me rewatching it and watching it first time in the cinema i would say this is my favorite marvel film like ever like this is incredible oh my god the goosebumps i felt i was crying at like iron man's death you know black widow i'm heartbroken old man cap what is going on why are you like what is happening i'm going to have an existential crisis um and then you watch it again and you're like hmm did they do black widow's death correctly hmm i mean iron man had a noble death but like what next for the mcu because he's heavily featured in everything um and he's he's a very like his character is very um woven in even after his death which i will get onto um in the mcu it's like what next making a joke of fat thor instead of you know giving him proper grieving you know for his for his like character because they kind of made him into a joke when really he was suffering suffering from like some real ptsd from this whole like blip or snap whatever you want to call it um and they just made him like a joke and fat and i just i don't know you could explore so much depth for his character of like he's gone through so much loss he's lost his mother his father his brother his best friend um you know 
like half of his people and you just made him a bit of a joke and I was like there's so much depth you could explore so much like emotion that he has and there's like small moments of that in infinity war but then you go on to endgame and it's just like completely forgotten um and i don't know it's just there is a lot of things that in this film you know could have been done better i i think uh, obviously you guys will have different opinions and i would i would love to know them but i think that's the general gist and don't get me wrong the portal scene is incredible i still get goosebumps like you know everyone cap finally saying avengers assemble the mjolnir like picking up of the hammer even though i said that those things like you kind of lose that excitement you still have to appreciate how amazing that is and like how incredible all these scenes are in this film but i don't know i just think the more you rewatch this film, the more you're like, I know, this feels very messy. I wish there was a lot more plot holes being covered up, but unfortunately they weren't. And you like you're left with more questions, especially how Cap can be in the same timeline, um, even though he stayed in whatever rift that was made that the ancient one um <laughs> explained. I don't know. Especially when Nebula and, um, what's it called? Nebula and Hulk were explaining, oh my god, Smart Hulk, I forgot. I forgot about Smart Hulk, oh dear. Oh my god, I'm getting visions of the dabbing. Oh no, oh no. See how much pain this film causes me sometimes. I'm just like, I have flashbacks or like waves of memories of this film. And I'm just like, oh my god, cringe, 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 cringe. Um, anyway, back to the point when Hulk and Nebula were talking about time travel, it completely went over my head when they were talking about it. And they kind of just like, was like, eh, get it, got it, good. And I was just like, hmm, okay. I mean, sure, time travel. <laughs> Woo. So yeah, that's how I feel about Endgame. Um, I do think it was, you know, I enjoyed the arc of Tony. And I think this was the best way to close Tony's arc. So I'm pretty impressed with the way they did that. Um, what else did I like about this film? I liked the the portals fight scene. It was pretty incredible. Like that, that was insane. You gotta applaud the CGI artists for doing that because, oh my god, I, everything was green screened. Every, like costumes were probably green screened too. You know, having all those characters in that one scene at once, like, oh my god, like, round of applause to the CGI artist. I really do commend you guys for doing that. Um, but overall, it's a good film. It would be a lot lower on my list, um, purely because it just leaves a lot of unanswered questions. But maybe they do get solved in, you know, the next phase, because after this phase, it's a new saga, because this, um, after Spider-Man Far From Home, is, you know, the next saga which we don't know because this was the infinity saga um so i'm interested to see do they close up any of those portals or do they kind of just leave it and brush it under the rug who knows stay tuned because i will probably talk about them <laughs> so the final um mcu film that we're going to be talking about um for a while now until black widow comes out um <laughs> is spider-man far from home just watched it today fresh off like my memory and i have to say it was a very enjoyable film um 
not as good, dare I say, as Homecoming. Um, I used to think that this film was like better than Homecoming, but now the more I think about it, the more I'm like, it's like the Mysterio twist. Once you know it, it kind of becomes like boring. And even with the Mysterio plot twist, like people who are hardcore fans of like Marvel and or even just do their research on villains of like the MCU, you can tell that Mysterio already is a bad guy. So when he's introduced as like a protagonist in the film for majority of it, the twist of him not being the protagonist is kind of like, oh, well, we kind of saw this coming, you know, kind of knew that he was going to be bad. So I don't know. Um, didn't feel like a big twist, but I have to say Jake Gyllenhaal did an amazing job as Mysterio. Really cool, really evil really conniving and even his impact will still rest on Peter while he's like trying to figure out the MCU uh, trying to figure out like what he's doing in the MCU because now his like identity has been revealed in one of the end credit scenes it's like oh my god everybody knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man how they're gonna manage that god knows but you know we'll see we'll see when it gets to it then um I think Another thing about this film is that we're in so many locations, like we start off in New York, then we go to Venice, then we go Prague, then we go Netherlands, then we go London, um, is that all the places? Berlin, we dabbled with Berlin for a little bit. It's just like whoa <laughs> so many locations so many places um i tend to get quite frustrated about those in films like when you have many locations and that's like your driving of like distinguishing different parts of the plot um but you know it was it was still chill if you've got a big budget and you could go to different countries to do filming it's, it's fine and this film is called far from home so like i would expect it to be far from america so um sure why not um Iron Man being embedded quite a bit in this film, even though he's dead, makes sense because of the impact that the impact that Iron Man had on Peter. Um, and I think going on to talk about Peter, it's this like he you can tell that he's really struggling with the loss of Iron Man. He's trying to figure out what he's doing. He's still a kid as well, you have to remember. He's like in his senior year of high school and he's trying to figure out this superhero thing, tr trusting the wrong people clearly by trusting Mysterio. Um, getting tricked constantly and you really see him grow up in this film like the ending when like he uses his spidey sense and like clocks that Mysterio isn't just on the floor helpless and he has Edith on and like is pointing the gun is oh my god when you watch that scene for the first time you're like oh my god I'm so proud of you and it's just like yes big round of applause you really you have grown up um, but he still has a lot of growing up to do and I think that's the best part of Spider-Man's character is that he's quite relatable in the sense that he has struggles like everyone else like even in the Spider-Man video game the one on the PS4 like you you can tell like he's barely paying his rent like he's struggling to um, like being a scientist with um, Doc Ock and it's just like oh my god I really like like you can feel those vibes in Peter in this film as well already before he's even like grown up like I can already tell this is going to be his vibe um 
other notable mentions for this film, Happy Hogan was really good in this film. I was really pleasantly surprised about how much of a role he was going to have in this film and how well his he he did his like acting it was great i loved it i love john favreau john favreau is a legend um mj and peter their romance oh my god so cute i love it i love the fact that mj figured out um that he was spider-man because like just zendaya zendaya's power she knows all um then the final thing i wanted to say is this is a more of a fact rather than an opinion about this film is that the tulip field you guys know what i'm talking about you know the tulip field when he's in the netherlands and he calls happy and he's like ah say a fact that you know about me that tulip field it's all cg yes i'm sorry to break your hearts guys but i saw a video on either instagram or twitter and it broke my heart when i found out that tulip field was not real <laughs> i was like i want to visit this tulip field in real life it would be so cute imagine like adorable and then it's just cg and you're just like nothing's real anymore my heart is broken <laughs> um so if you didn't know that that's just like a small fact and i think a, a lot in just films in general a lot of things are cgi that you wouldn't necessarily like expect which is pretty interesting um so overall i think this film is really good i still don't think it's better than the first one um but it's still a strong uh, MCU film. It would be like, I don't know, in the middle. Yeah. It's ranking time! So now that I have gone through the phase three part two um, films, I'm going to rank them. And I have just like written them down after like thinking about them and I've, I've assigned each number. So in number, in like fifth place, I have to say it's Ant-Man and the Wasp purely because, I don't know, I expected more from this film. It just felt very generic, so I'm putting it as number five. Number four, we're gonna go with Captain Marvel. So even though I love Captain Marvel a lot, I still think that this film lacked a lot of things that I could have wanted from it as well. Like again, there was a lot of potential there, but it didn't hit for me, but it's higher than Ant-Man Lost because I still love Captain Marvel so much. Then in third place, we have Avengers Endgame. Brilliant film um cine like cinematic experience wise and fan service wise but still lacked for me then it's spider-man far from home it is a strong film even though i spoke about it like quite a little bit like it is still a very strong film and deserves to be a strong film so that means that in first place it is avengers infinity war rightly deserved i can hardly find things to fault in this film um which is incredible um so if you want to know my entire mcu like all of the films ranked um you can find out on my letterbox so by the time this episode comes out i should hopefully have put all 23 i want to say 23 maybe sure all 23 films ranked and have a star rating assigned to them that is my mission <laughs> i need to actually make the list now because i've made rankings within the phases and even if with phase three like sections of the phase but now i need to like collect all of them together and make sure they're all consistent so please stay tuned for that and follow my letterbox account and find out uh, what my ranking for the whole mcu is so it is time for the infamous segment of the show 
the recommend or to the back end segment of the show. So today I have a recommend and it is called Upgrade. So Upgrade, the best way I could describe this to someone is like it's Venom but not Venom. So like what I mean by that is that it gives off very much like Venom vibes but in a way that isn't really like a generic like stereotypical superhero film. Um, And it's really interesting. It has some brilliant cinematography. The way they use the lighting in this film is incredible. The camera work for different fight and action scenes is so interesting and I loved it. It's it's kind of a, with the camera work for the, um, the film, it's kind of a Marmite thing. It's like, you'll either really love it or it'll make you dizzy and you'll really hate it. Um, I personally really loved it. Um, the premise follows this dude, I don't remember his name, but this dude, he, they live, the society they live in is heavily featured with like innovative technology that is woven into your everyday life. It's very like futuristic, um, esque film in terms of the, like the where it's set. Um, and he's a very like old traditionalist, um, doesn't really like this whole um this whole like vibe he's like a car mechanic who likes getting his hands dirty and like all that jazz and then you kind of see his life being turned upside down with the events of this film and him having to go through different routes of people and figure stuff out and then suddenly things happen because i don't want to give too much away for the plot because i do think you guys should watch it um and then you end up at the end of the film where you're like, oh damn, all, all this just happened. This is insane. Um, it's on Netflix and I definitely think you should give it a watch. Um, it's a very not superhero, um, superhero film. Yeah, if you even want to call it a superhero film, I don't know, I would personally. Um, but yeah, definitely go give it a watch. It's on Netflix and um, I don't have a to the back end this week. I need to catch up with films because I'm very behind. So let's hope next week I have a to the back end. So we have reached the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you're listening on Google Podcasts or um, Spotify, please give the podcast a follow so you can be completely informed about when the episode the new episodes come out and you can just listen to them straight away they do come out on tuesdays though so definitely keep an eye on tuesdays at 1 p.m um and then also if you're listening on apple Podcasts, do give it a subscribe on there because it's a little bit different and you can still have the notifications but if you're there and you enjoy the podcast which i really hope you do give it a review or a rating you know that would be super helpful to find like have other people find the podcast you know that'd be super great um and then if you want to stay updated with like all things my podcast have teasers of some of the podcast episodes that are going to come out you can follow me on instagram and on twitter at dswithdita for both if you want to see some of the um films that i've been watching on a day-to-day basis that i may not even mention in the episode you can follow my letterbox account as underscore nandita underscore and you can just keep updated about the films that i'm watching films i'm adding to my watch list films i'm reviewing all that is incredible um and i guess without oh okay i can i can promote next week's episode next week's episode is a complete surprise i'm not going to spoil it um but it is going to be 
hopefully if if all things work out it is going to be incredible um just stay tuned for it. i really don't want to say anything more but yeah um so i guess that's it for the episode thank you so much for listening and i will see you all next week bye everyone Thank you.